You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. Over the last 20 years, the European Commission has not lost many antitrust cases in the European courts. Companies usually settle with the commission, often with very substantial fines, because the commission rarely loses. But eight years ago, the commission imposed a fine of over a billion euros, or about one and a quarter billion dollars, on Intel for paying rebates to computer manufacturers who agreed to buy at least 95% of their chips from Intel. The commission said it was anti-competitive, and Intel has been challenging that fine in court for the last eight years. And today, the European Union's top court overruled a lower court decision which had upheld the fine. So a rare loss for the European Commission. Here to talk with us about the court's decision are Aitor Ortiz, an antitrust analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence, and Professor Professor Eleanor Fox of NYU Law School. Eleanor... Tell us what the uh, European court decided today. Okay, thank you. So the European court issued a pretty stunning decision that decided that the court below, it's called the general court, had not done its job in analyzing the effects of Intel's practices on the market and sent the case back for further consideration by this general court. Now, shall I tell you a little more about the strategy of Intel that was being challenged and what it is that is going back for reexamination? Sure, go ahead. Okay, so I do want to add this to your statement of the facts, that Intel makes the chip that is inside most computers, like 95% or so of the important chip inside the computer is made by Intel. Um, AMD is its only significant competitor, and AMD at last made a really great chip, and Intel thereupon set upon a strategy, this is at least as found by the European Commission, uh, to keep the new AMD chip from getting any traction. And part of that strategy uh, was the rebates that you mentioned and also attempts by getting the big buyers to breach their contracts with AMD and to shun the new AMD chip for the period of time, about six months, that it would usually take for the AMD chip to get traction. Um, But Intel says that this action on its behalf was actually pro-competitive. It was reacting um, to the AMD chip by competition, including, it says, lower prices, because rebates are lower prices. So the European Commission issued a really long decision going into all aspects of the case, and then that went up an appeal to the general court, but the general court failed to even analyze 
a huge part of the commission case, um, which it's a little bit technical. If you want later, I'll tell you. Um, but this is what the Court of Justice said. The case has to be sent back to the general court to look at that huge part of the commission case to see if indeed the commission had really made the case that the Intel strategies were anti-competitive anti and for closing of competition. I, I Tor, what's likely to happen now that it goes back to the, the, the general court? Is the die uh, cast in, in favor of Intel now? Well, I guess, well, uh, well first of all, thank you very much for having me in, in, the, in the show. Um, I think it's very difficult to, to say at this point what will happen because uh, the court issued a very, actually a very short decision, just 27 pages, uh, for such a long case, or such a complicated case, and it didn't address all the issues that the parties um, uh, address or the parties submitting in the first instance. Uh, however, we can see, for example, that the um, that the EU court basically sent the case back because, as Professor Eleanor Fox says, the uh, the EU the lower EU court failed to provide um, complete reasoning of the of, of, of the Intel's uh, arguments. However, it didn't actually challenge uh, the the Commission's findings that were used to uh, to find uh, uh, Intel in first case. So even if this seems like a, a victory for Intel and it could lead to a further uh, victory uh, down the road for Intel, we may find uh, a different result as the EU, as the lower EU court will have now to take the analysis from the beginning again. We've been talking with Professor Eleanor Fox of NYU Law School and Bloomberg Intelligence antitrust analyst Aitor Ortiz about the uh, today's decision by the European Union's top courts to overturn uh, a decision that had upheld a $1 billion fine imposed for anti-competitive behavior by the European Commission on Intel. It's a, it's a very, uh, st in some ways, stunning decision, said uh, Professor Fox, and we are, we are going to explore with them today, uh, now the, the implications for it, not just Intel but other companies. ITOR, this is a, it's a rare thing for the European Commission to lose in court. Um, and as a result, a lot of companies just settle with them, even when the fines are very big and they have to—they have a lot of conditions that they have to agree to. Will Intel's victory here prompt more companies to want to challenge European Commission decisions? Um, well, I think it will definitely um, encourage companies um, to use the court route as, um, as an alternative if the parties can settle or agree in a given um, antitrust proof. But however, this is, uh, at least in my opinion, this is not a clear defeat for the European Commission uh, in its analysis. Um, as long as it, has, it hasn't been proved yet that the analysis conducted by, by the European Commission was wrong. It simply has to be, again, reassessed by the court, and maybe later on uh, the court will determine whether the analysis was correct or incorrect. But having said that, it's true that for uh, ongoing investigations, this might be um, good news for some of the companies uh, currently under investigation. Eleanor, uh, two companies that have been watching this case very closely are Qualcomm and Google. Uh, Qualcomm uh, ha has a case with the EU and Google uh, is being investigated. Do you see this decision as being a, a, a big help to those two companies? 
that it is. As Aitor said, you know, this decision does not impugn what the European Commission held. It simply says that the intermediate court didn't take on board and didn't analyze what the European Commission held. Um, so it's not clear that it's a great help to them, but it has some sentences in it that they will find very helpful. And the the main thrust of the case, which says that Intel has made these allegations that what they did wasn't even capable of restricting competition and that that was not given a fair hearing by the uh, court, the general court, I think will be um, taken as a very good signal for Qualcomm and Google. ITOR, the, uh, the decision is going to go back to the um to the lower court now for additional analysis. So uh, tell us how this now plays out. Uh, how long are we going to be in this litigation before we really know what happens? <laughs> well, I hope not eight years more. I think the, the parties, especially the company, will not be happy with that outcome. Um, but the thing is that the case restarts again. And even though um, the whole analysis might have to be taken again, the court already um, knows the case, know uh, what the commission was doing, so we might expect shorter uh, periods of time for both judicial decisions because the lower EU court now will have to reissue a new or to issue a new uh, ruling, and this ruling could be further appealed by any of the parties in the top EU court. So we are talking at least about four or five years more. Eleanor, I want to just step back for a second and ask you what this opinion does for EU competition law relative to the U.S. Um, Intel settled what I think are essentially very similar claims with the Federal Trade Commission here in the U.S. back in 2010. Um, is the EU, EU now um, more relaxed in terms of its uh, views about these sorts of rebates? Um. It's hard to say that it's more relaxed because there's this great ambiguity. It, it says that more has to be done in terms of analyzing what is an anti-competitive foreclosure. And you can say that... The Did we lose you, Eleanor? Eleanor, I think we, we, we lost you. Um, uh, I... I I, I thought maybe you could pick up on that thread. Where, where does um, is this, does this mean that the EU is is basically um, uh, now now the easier place for companies to win these antitrust cases than the U.S.? Uh, well, I think first of all there are many more cases in the EU than in the U.S. Uh, because uh, the EU regulation covers some anti-competitive uh, conduct that the EU the U.S. Um, considers completely uh, competitive. Uh, so definitely there will be more cases here. And for the last years, uh, Commissioner Vestager, the, uh, the chief, um, uh, the chief um, of, the, of the European Commission in charge of antitrust, has been very eager to open these kind of cases. So I think more cases will come here, but definitely uh, it doesn't mean that it will be easier for the companies to win, because also the European Commission is learning after this uh, Court decisions and is uh, bringing more evidence and is reinforcing the arguments in the in the upcoming investigations. So more cases may come, but doesn't mean necessarily uh, more victories for the companies. 
Well, that's Aitor Ortiz of Bloomberg Intelligence and Professor Eleanor Fox of NYU Law School. Thanks very much for being here on Bloomberg Law. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.